The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You're listening to the Totally Useless Information Podcast on the Nick and Roy channel. Subscribe and share. Russia did something in 2011 that's completely strange. And now we're talking about Russia here. That's strange. Papa, where do baby corn come from? Hi, I'm Nick. And I'm Roy. And we scour the internet for information you really don't need. Or do you? So join us today as we talk about animals, a little bit of food, some science, some inventions, and we'll open up the mailbag. Totally useless information. It's everything you never needed to know. By listening once a week, you get smarter than you think. The Totally Useless Information Podcast, hosted by Nick and Roy. Well, hello there, and welcome to yet another episode of the Totally Useless Information Podcast. Hey, hi, so, everybody. Hello, we can see you now as well as hear you. Yes. As you can see, I'm wearing my bow tie as, as it is on our logo. Yes, I know. That's pretty scary. Thank you. No problem. <laughs> you know, my wife said to me, she said, you know, you should wear a bow tie. I'm like, okay, because she's my wardrobe advisor. Mm-hmm. Is, is your wife your wardrobe it's, advisor it's as funny. well? My wife said, you should wear this noose rope around your neck. <laughs> and jump off here. Oh, my God. What an animal she is. Animal. 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 Crazy animal. Scarecrows. You've seen scarecrows, haven't you? Yes. They're scary. Are they? Farmers use them in the fields. But many times we see birds perched on top of the scarecrow's head. They don't look that scared, do they? No. Scarecrows, by the way, were, were once used as a cross symbol because posts were nailed together to form a cross and then covered with clothing to disguise it as a cross. At one time, farmers thought that the cross would fend off evil spirits. Yeah, but scientists think that the smell of human clothing is what really keeps the birds away. But when the smell fades, the birds come back. That's why you got to just take them down and wear them again. Put them right back up. Yeah, but don't forget to take the nails out of the wood. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, parrots are associated with thieves and pirates, right? You think of a pirate, you think of the parrot on his shoulder. Okay, but in reality, parrots are selfless birds. They help each other out. They get food for each other. They do nice things for other parrots. They help groom them, and so on and so forth. They're one of the most selfless birds that there are, and they get a bad rap as being pirate birds. Wow, what a bad rap. But one, one pirate is the other. Polly want a cracker? Polly want a cracker? <laughs> Actually, if it's a rap, if it's a rap, he'd be like, Polly want a cracker. No, okay. The Luna moth doesn't have a mouth. You heard me. Found only in North America, the Luna moth starts out very hungry 
as a caterpillar. But that's not the lunar moth's only interesting feature. The insect doesn't have a mouth at all or even a digestive system. That's because it only lives for about a week after it leaves the cocoon, and it doesn't ever eat, and then it dies. Wow. That's a horrible life. I enjoy eating. I eat every damn thing. You know, I mean, what a terrible life to go through. Yeah. The ghost crab growls. So just think about it. It's a crab, and a crab has claws, and you'd think that'd be enough to scare away its prey. But no, the ghost crab growls like a dog, but it doesn't have vocal cords. It growls from the teeth inside of its stomach. They make a growling noise like like that and it, it's the teeth inside their stomach that makes the noise that is that is scary <laughs> scary as hell. it is now you know what it means when it says bite me <laughs> we've all seen elephants and they all have that nice long trunk mm-hmm. well the trunk that it has is uh quite useful for many many uh reasons the african elephant possesses such manual dexterity in their trunk's tip they can actually turn pages in a book okay the world's oldest breed of dog okay we all love our dogs according to the guinness world book of records a very notable source the oldest known breed of dog is from 329 bc 329 bc the saluki dogs as their breed was called the salukis salukis were bred by ancient egyptians they were revered as the the I mean, they were loved and revered and honored so much that a lot of the times when their masters died, they find them inside the mummified remains of the of the owner. And then you'll see little jars and so on where they stuff the dogs into and uh, and so on. So they mummified the dogs with the owners. Well, what was the name of the dogs again? What kind of breed was it? The old Salukis. The Salukis. I know the Salukis. Yeah, we had the Salukis over for dinner. In fact, if you look in, actually, I went up over their house for dinner. And if you look at the painting, it was a bunch of people playing poker. Animals, 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 crazy animals. Right, because usually there's a painting with the, anyway, you're listening to the Totally Useless Information Podcast. Yes. Hey everybody, come and get it! Your weekly sweet and savory facts with your five-star Michelin chefs of totally useless information, Nick and Roy. Come and get it! I'm going to give you my teaser first. Russia did something in 2011 that was really strange. Like I said, other than being Russian. (laughs) Because they do a lot of strange stuff. They classified beer as alcohol in 2011. You heard me right. Up until 2011, beer was classified as just some regular soft drink. And anybody could purchase beer in Russia. So I guess, you know, you're a 10-year-old kid. You're going out and played baseball. You're a little thirsty. Let's go and get something to drink. Get a beer. People drinking beer like they were drinking Coca-Cola. This is crazy. <laughs> so, I like to buy Vlad a beer. <laughs> I mean, I listen, when I read that, I was like, wait a minute, 2011? That's not that long ago. 
But, you no. know, leave it to the Russians to, you know, infest their population with alcohol, you know. No, if you gave your teaser, I might as well give my teaser. Papa, where does baby corn come from? I, 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 no, have no clue. <laughs> <laughs> you see, when one, when one husk of corn loves another husk of corn. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, unlike its baby carrot brethren, baby corn is not a lie. In fact... It's precisely what it sounds like. It is an immature ear of corn picked before its prime. Really? Baby corn is mildly sweet and has a satisfying snap to it. The little guys, used only a few inches long, are commonly used in Asian cuisine, including stir fries and curries and noodle dishes. If a dish lacks texture, baby corn provides a crunch without an overpowering flavor. So baby corn are actually immature Corn. Wow, that's an earful. <laughs> an ear of corn. <laughs> that was very corny. Hey, hey you hey, know what listen, you look listen. like, Nick? You look like the Colonel. <laughs> the Colonel. <laughs> I beat you to it because we are both so demented <laughs> that this is what we come up with. You, you've had fruit, Nick, right? You do eat fruit. I love fruit. You know how the fruit has little stickers on it that the sticker has like the barcode and the name of the company, like, you know, Chiquita Banana, you know, but there's right, st okay. stickers on apples, right? You yeah. ever like bite into an apple and realize you have the sticker in your mouth? Yeah, then I spit it out. I go, Pfft. Well, a lot of people like... don't know they even have it in their mouth and they just swallow it, you know, so I thought that was disgusting. And I did that, and, and I said, geez, is that sticker bad? Well, guess what? It is not. The stickers are edible. Although they don't advise you to go and grab a whole bunch of stickers and eat them, they are edible, and they are non-toxic. They use non-toxic ink, and the actual sticker itself and the glue that they use to adhere it are edible. It is, because now I know that when I eat an apple, I can eat the whole skin and all and stickers and everything else. What yeah. about the stem? Is that edible? Actually, the stem is edible, and the seeds, which contain arsenic, are edible, but in very low quantities. You don't want to eat a lot of apple seeds because you will you will no. sit there and go, ah! just like that. <laughs> uh, you've, you've been to New Jersey, haven't you? I, I don't like to say it, but yes, I have been there, and I, I still know what the smell smells like. We have listeners and viewers in New Jersey. Oh, New Jersey is a great state. You know why they call it the Garden State? Why? Because they bury everything there, including Jimmy Hoffa. <laughs> Allegedly. Uh, New Jersey's actually the diner state. Need a French fry at 2 o'clock in the morning? No problem. New Jersey is known as the diner capital of the world thanks to hundreds of greasy spoons within the Garden State borders. Estimates say there are over 600 greasy spoon diners statewide. The last, this is the truth. The last place that Jimmy Hoffa was seen was meeting somebody at a diner. <laughs> he met up with somebody at a diner. Where did the expression Gracie Spoon come from? According to the dictionary, it was first known to be used in 1902. The origin comes from two angles. First, the food served tends to be pretty greasy. And second, some greasy spoons have a reputation for uncleanliness, meaning you might have to inspect your silverware before you use it. Thus, the name. Greasy yeah, spoon. I would think it had to do with the dirty silverware because it's all greasy food and it's hard to get the grease off of it. 
and then you pick up yeah, the spoon. Yeah, but it's good stuff, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's always great, best though. when you leave the grease on the spoon for about a week and then lick it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's well-aged grease. Yeah, it's it's almost as disgusting as New Jersey. <laughs> no, I don't want any emails. <laughs> okay, all right. Ready? This is not about New Jersey. If it wasn't for flies, we wouldn't have chocolate. How? Ah. Please explain. I got you. I got to pull you in. <laughs> if, it, <laughs> if it wasn't for flies, there'd be no chocolate. The cacao plant is pollinated by a little fly called the midge fly. And the midge fly flies from plant to plant, pollinating the flowers so that they grow the cacao, which is a, a, a fruit about like that big, and they dry it and they take the insides out, and that becomes the basis for the chocolate. The cocoa, the cacao, becomes the chocolate. No midge fly, no cacao. No problem. <laughs> I, I'll just have just a, I'll just have a midge of chocolate. <laughs> Milk can dinner. Cowboys used to set a big 10-gallon milk can, load it with meat and vegetables, and cook it over a campfire. Harkening back to the cowboy roots, Wyoming became the state where the milk can supper originated. Or you could do like the cowboys in Brokeback Mountain, and you have a, a meat-packed dinner. The kitchen is now closed! Join us next time on the Totally Useless Information Podcast for more sweet and savory morsels of useless food information. See you real soon! I did not make that movie, so I'm not responsible. No. You know what we are responsible for, and that's responding to every single email that we receive. And thank you very much. TUIPodcast at Outlook.com What's in the mailbag today? the letter anyway what's in the mailbag what's in the mail have you ever seen uh, accountants or maybe um in the movies or tv shows the accountants always seem to be wearing like one of those green visors yes why bankers bankers too and telegraph workers remember yes good scott from Toronto asks, first of all, Scott says, we love your show. My kids and I gather around the uh, the smart speaker because we're on smart speaker now. So you can ask your smart speaker to play the Totally Useless Information podcast. So oh, thank cool. you. So they, they gather around like they used to do in the old time radio days. They gather around the smart speaker and they listen. Where do green shades come from? Well, green shades are a type of visor. They're worn most often in the late 19th century by accountants, telegraphers, and copy editors, and okay. others engage in vision-intensive, detail-oriented occupations. It's to lessen the eye strain due to the early incandescent lights and candles, so poor lighting, and so you have to really, really, really pay attention to the numbers, and so the green visor helped them see much better without straining their eyes too much. You strained? I strained. You strained? Yes. We strained. We, we do, so thank you, Scott. For, uh, for that wonderful email, and now we're both straining. Yeah. <laughs> Lou from Michigan. Thanks, Scott, by the way. Thank you, Scott from Canada. It's great. By the way, Nick, how many countries now? Honestly, how many countries? 
I think it's best that we, we mention what countries we're not in. It's only a handful. We are literally global. This is a global podcast. I mean, we are all over the place. We've got Middle uh, East. We've got like India. We've got Australia. We've got Europe. We've got Canada. We've got United States. Some spots in South America we don't have. And we have uh, Sweden, Germany as well. So thank you, everyone, for listening from all the way around the world. And Lou, Lou is in Michigan. He's a Michigander. Uh, and he says he loves the show, which means Lou really doesn't have much of a life. But he says with the coronavirus, it's made him stay inside. And he was, um, you know, quarantined. And he listened to a lot of radio and podcasts. And he says, you know, do, do you guys, are you guys doing much better because of, you know, people being isolated in their homes and not having much to do? And I tried to explain to him, not many people really listen to us anyway. No, 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 that's not true. We just explained we're all over the place. But yes, I, I think that podcasts are doing very well because people are searching for different forms of entertainment. And is radio making a comeback? That's yet to be seen. But a lot of people are listening to the radio in their homes, which they hadn't done. It was mostly cars. I Nick is in radio, so he'll let you know that. But yeah. So anyway, Lou... Um, he was asking me that, and I said to myself, you know, I don't know enough about radio, so let me look into it. And I saw this one crazy fact. Guglielmo Marconi is the guy Marconi invented the radio, okay? But right. Marconi, here's an interesting fact about Marconi that you didn't know. His great-granddad invented Jameson Irish whiskey. <laughs> now, no. First off... Leave it to an Italian to invent the Irish whiskey. <laughs> he was like, look, this makes you go bots, so I'm going to call it Irish so they don't get mad at the Italians. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, but all joking aside, I think it's his great-grandfather on his mother's side, so she was probably Irish, but his great-granddad invented Jameson Irish whiskey. So... I figured I'd throw that in there, Lou, as an added bonus. I don't know if people listen to radios, but I sure do know that they're listening to our podcast. So thanks for the and Thank you for that. But you know, those Italians, they were probably from Jersey. Hey, oh. What's in the mailbag? What's in the mail? You know that... Um, a lot of people are asking me because we are doing uh, this particular broadcast while being quarantined from for the COVID-19. And people are saying to me, God, you know, how, how are you getting along with your wife? You're there three weeks with her. And I'm like, I, I really haven't spoke to her about it. So what I'll do is I'll go in the closet and untie her and ask her. <laughs> <laughs> your wife is tied up in a closet? Uh, no, not that can be proven right now. <laughs> okay, thank you very much. Where else can she go? Hey, how about maybe I know what she's doing. She's probably performing some science experiments. Einstein was a moron. Newton was a jerk. Nothing is science, science, science. Uh, Vaseline. <laughs> Oh no! Oh no! Vaseline. Oh God! We have all used Vaseline, haven't we? I I don't use Vaseline. I don't know what the hell you'd use it for. Well, there are many many uses for Vaseline. You'd be surprised by how many uses there are. <laughs> Vaseline, by the way, 
is a byproduct of oil drilling. In 1850, easy. In 1859, British chemist Robert Augustus Cheeseborough discovered that the jelly. <laughs> I'm surprised his name wasn't Bendover. So it's Robert Augustus Bendover um, discovered that jelly had skin healing properties. He observed that oil men using the jelly to treat cuts and burns and realized that the potential that the product has potential and, and it also could help a lot of people. So Vaseline can, can be applied to your cuts and bruises and other abrasions. Mm -hmm. And we're not asking how you got those abrasions to prevent infection and to ward off germs. Mm -hmm. One thing it doesn't have is antiseptic properties. But if you put a little Vaseline, it'll make the boo-boo go away faster. That's, that's uh, yeah. There you go. My grandmother used to, like, swear by anything that she'd put alcohol on or Vaseline. They never had, like, hand creams or anything. They used Vaseline. But she was a proctologist. Okay. So we're in inventions. Where the hell are we? <laughs> we're in science. science. That's where we are, yeah. Earthquakes turn water into gold. Yes. As the crust of the earth cracks open in the oceans... It cracks open and the water flows in at the same exact time so quickly that the water leaches the molecules out of the molten crust and it becomes gold. All that glitters is gold underwater, I guess. Well, I'm going swimming in a little while. Your feet can produce over a pint of sweat every day. Maybe your feet, but not mine. <laughs> no, no. You Listen, got you think your Vaseline all over them. You think your feet don't stink, right? <laughs> There's more sweat glands in human feet than anywhere else in the body, with more than 250,000 sweat glands each. Okay, that's a quarter of a million sweat glands. Your feet are among the most perspiring parts of your body. Now, fungal infections of the feet, like athlete's foot, can lead to bad foot odor. Mm. If you perspire more than usual, you may have a condition called hyperhidrosis. Teenagers and pregnant women are most prone of this uh, ailment because of hormonal changes, but one quarter of a million sweat glands in your feet. Wow. I know dogs sweat a lot from their paws, too. Their tongues and right. their paws. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Wow. A bunch of yep. sweaty feet. It takes six minutes, just six minutes, for your brain to react to alcohol. Now, again, it takes six minutes. <laughs> Five and a half. Four, four and three quarters. Four. No, but it's six minutes. So if you drink a shot of liquor, within six minutes, your brain reacts to the alcohol. So just think, if you're sitting at a party and you take a couple of shots, within, you know, six, ten minutes... Your brain is feeling the effect of it. So those of you who think you're going to get behind the wheel of a car, don't do it. All kidding aside, don't do it. You can't do it. Call a cab. Yeah. Call your wife. Call well, your don't call your wife. That'll give you a headache on the ride home. <laughs> yeah, but rather a headache that you feel as opposed to sitting in the back of a hearse. The penis fish. Have you heard of the penis fish? Nick, you're telling me a lot of things I haven't heard about today. Thousands of plump... Pink 10-inch blobs caught flopping across a California beach recently. Wait a minute. No, let me stop you for one second. 
This is the 10 inch pink penis fish. The 10 inch blob caught <laughs> flopping across California beach recently. Yeah. They're just some home. These are homeless penis fish. Yeah. yeah. Despite their nickname, a penis fish is neither a penis nor a fish. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's really a type of non-segmented marine worm native only to the Pacific coast. Blob's real name is Eurekis Kaupo, but it's also known as the Fat Innkeeper's Worm. <laughs> okay, folks, me. listen, I'm glad that you could, like, replay, because this is all legitimate stuff, and it's so it ridiculous. The innkeeper's That's fat right. worm, the old right. moisture-seeking missile, the old trouser snake. Plump. Pink 10-inch blob. Vaseline, anyone? <laughs> this is a cool one, guys. In Japan, they're planting sunflowers. Oh, nice. Oh, nice, right? They're pretty. Sunflowers are very pretty. And they're big mm-hmm. and cheery looking. Well, they're planting them around a Fukushima site, which is the place where they had the nuclear um, spill after the tsunami. Remember that, yes. where the Japanese had, most people forget about that, but one of their nuclear sites went down and it spilled radiation all over the place and they figure you could never do anything there. Well, they're growing sunflowers and sunflowers are leaching the nuclear molecules, the isotopes, out of the soil. So the sunflowers are cleaning the soil. How cool is that? But here's the coolest part of all. That's why sunflowers are so cheap here in the United States, because the son of a bitch in Japanese sent them here with all the radiation in them. <laughs> Which is great, and that's why your sunflowers glow in the dark. Einstein was a moron. Newton was a jerk. He nothing in science, science, science. Totally useless information podcast. Thank you for joining us week after week. We thank you for sharing our totally useless information with all of your friends, whether it's on our Facebook page or on the Nick and Roy channel on YouTube or any podcast platform. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, really, honestly. And and to all those listening around the world, I think that's the coolest thing of all is that if we ever took a trip to like, you know, what's the name of that that island? Cook Islands. It's near Scotland, by the way. (laughs) Get off of Cook Islands and they'll be like, that's Nick and Roy! One of our, our newer topics, and people have written us and told us they love this, it's inventions. Innovation. Ideas. The Totally Useless Information Podcast presents Inventions. I'm going to go first. The traffic light yes. was invented in 1868. The only problem is that's 18 years before cars. it was actually in 1868 they put one in front of the parliament house in england the guy invented it because they were having a problem with horse-drawn carriages not paying attention and running people down and you know not doing the right thing so they came up with the idea to come up with this traffic light and uh you know green means go red means stop and and so they did that the only thing is the yellow was a lot longer because it was like whoa Right, right. <laughs> no, but <laughs> yellow, 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 yellow. Yeah, yeah, yellow. yellow yeah, anyway, <laughs> it was 18 years um, before the car was out. The traffic light was invented. Thought that was pretty cool. And the reason why it took 18 years because it was stuck at a red light. <laughs> <laughs> the compass 
Ancient mariners navigated by stars, but that method didn't work during a day if there were clouds in the sky. Jeez, mm. I, I, I should have made that left because the, the, you know, look at the clouds in the sky. It was, of course, quite unsafe mm. to use that method. The Chinese invented the first compass sometime between the 9th and 11th centuries. They're not even sure. It took them a couple hundred years to figure out if they invented it or not. Invented, yeah, of course. They were lost. They, they were lost, exactly. They were trying to figure out where they were. Um, wait, I lost my place. On the, oh, here it is. Uh, it was made of lodestone, a naturally magnetizing iron ore, and the attractive properties of which they've been studying for centuries. Soon after, the technology passed on to the Europeans and the Arabs through nautical contact because they figured out where they were going. The compass enabled mariners to navigate safely far from land, increasing sea trade and contributing to the age of discovery. Wow, that is pretty cool. So you're talking about Vaseline, 10-inch uh, pink uh, penis fishes, mm -hmm. and that the Chinese have a problem with their load. Wait a minute. It's not penis fishes. It's penis fish. Ooh, so there's only one fish. No, but fish is also singular and plural. Says you. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't make me hit you with my dangling participle. I have a story about a man who made a fortune. He was an inventor. He made a fortune and he loved his invention so much that when he passed away, he had them sprinkle it on his grave. That man invented Doritos. <laughs> it was the original flavor too. He didn't want the other ones, Cool Ranch and all that other. He right. wanted the original Dorito, I guess the cheese flavor, which was crumpled up and spread all over his grave. Although when they got all that orange stuff on their hair, one of the guys crushing him up, his name was Donald Trump. He rubbed his hands in his hair. Next thing you know, president. <laughs> we go into our cars and we fasten our seatbelts, hopefully. Actually, you should. The three-point seatbelt was invented by Volvo. But here's the thing. Really? Volvo gave away the 1962 patent of their revolutionary three-point seatbelt for free. They gave them away to save lives. Nils Bolin, an engineer at Volvo, invented the three-point seatbelt in 1959. The 1950s were a time when pilots and racing drivers wore harnesses, but seatbelts where they were fitted in cars, took the form of a rudimentary two-point waist restraint. So the reason the three-point seatbelt is so widely adopted is actually because Volvo opened up the patent to so many other car manufacturers they could use it in their design. They decided that the invention was so significant it had more value as a free life-saving tool than making profit from it. Okay, I thought that was very interesting. I got one for you. The tattoo pen. You know, the thing they put the ink on, they, they cut your skin with it, it kind of sews the ink into your skin mm -hmm. it was called the stencil pen it was invented in 1876 by an unknown named thomas edison wow thomas edison invented the stencil pen and he didn't even know what the hell to use it for so samuel o'reilly repatented in 1891 for the application of use on skin what a great idea. You know, when Thomas Edison came up with an idea, didn't the light bulb go over his head? No, that Tesla invented the light bulb. Right. Thomas Edison right. stole it. A tin can. You've used tin cans, right, in your kitchen, and you've used can openers to open them up. 
1810, a gentleman by the name of Peter Durand patented the tin can. Cool, 1810. Ezra Warner came along and patented a can opener, which is quite helpful, in 1858. There are a lot of cans around. <laughs> so it took them 48 years to figure out how, how to open up a tin can because in between inventions, people use chisels and hammers. Innovation, ideas, inventions. I can't believe it. It goes so damn fast. We're out of time. I know. How is that possible? It just seems like we just started. You know, when you're talking about these interesting topics like penis fish. He's obsessed with the penis fish. Say goodbye to the people. Bye, people. Listen, we're going to close this episode off. We want you to uh, subscribe. Subscribe on YouTube. This way you get it automatically and you don't miss us. And tell a friend, share it, share it, share it, share it, and tell a friend about the trend. Because we will be with you again, as we promised, next time. I'm Nick. And I'm Roy. Thanks for listening. <laughs>